And hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Stuart Van, and as you can hear, all by myself, no Joss this time. Um, he sadly lost his voice, as we know, is a key component in reviewing anything on a podcast. So yes, yeah, so Josh, hopefully you get better soon. So until then, it's all by myself, just myself reviewing AEW All Out 2021 in a show that was stacked from top to bottom with matches like the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers in a steel cage match for the tag titles. You had Jericho versus MJF with the stipulation that Jericho loses. He can't wrestle in AEW again. You had CM Punk's first match in seven years going against Darby Allen, And obviously you had Kenny Omega going against Christian Cage for the AEW world title. And obviously awesome matches sprinkled in between all that awesomeness. But before we dive straight into reviewing this show, um, if you like what you hear, uh, please like and subscribe. That'd be really appreciated. And we're also on Spotify, iTunes and Anchor if you want to listen to us on podcast form. All these links will be in the description below. So without further ado, let's go and dive in and review AEW All Out 2021. Just made the list. So yeah, so before we get dive straight into talking about the main show, obviously we have a quick chat about the uh, buy-in match. Obviously, it was a 10-man tag team match between the Best Friends and Jurassic Express going against Matt Hardy, Private Pie, and Hybrid 2. Uh, again, I don't watch the, the kind of, um, we call them pre-show, but kind of the buy-in kind of matches. But um, yeah, obviously, the, the ending did end with Jungle Boy making Angelico um, tap out to the snare trap submission move. Um, that's really cool. It's ironic because he's a submission expert, so it kind of uh, the irony is in that at the moment. Obviously, this match started out with... Kind of a situation, obviously, the feud between um, Owens Cassidy and Matt Hardy. That's um, not a feud I'm not exactly loving, but, you know, it's um, it's mildly entertaining in some ways. But, um, yeah, I think at the moment, I just think they're keeping, you know, doing stuff at the moment just to keep time ticking. Uh, I don't know, like, example, um, obviously, we were talking about a match tag team title scene. Now that, obviously, the tag team titles are, spoiler warning, change hands, obviously. So it's like the idea of, obviously, if I was going to choose anyone that's going to, face against the new tag champs i'd probably say jurassic express because the way they've and maybe like the best friends and they have like a triple threat that would be awesome by the way but yeah i mean it's just um nothing crazy about this match in a sense again it's just you gotta go like 10 amazing workers now how good they are and just um, put them in a match for like what five ten minutes uh, just to get the crowd infused and energetic before we get to the main the main show and the main stuff that everything's been advertised so yeah so I look forward to seeing if um, any of these tag teams start uh, building up some really cool matches. And um, yeah, so obviously the winners were uh, Best Friends and Jurassic Express won this match. So yeah, let's start talking about the actual start of the show. Um, obviously, the start of a championship match with the AEW TNT Championship was on the line with Miro defending his title against Eddie Kingston. In a match that I knew was going to be hard-hitting, I knew it was going to be kind of physical, it's going to be really good. And in some ways, it didn't really disappoint. I mean, it had that cool story at, uh, going into the match where it had Miro's um, weakness has been found by his back of his neck. Eddie Kingston put a DDT, I think the go-home show before, and basically proved that Ed, Miro is not invincible and he has a weakness. And got to be honest, through this match, Eddie Kingston kind of was working on that, trying to really soften that neck up, you know, to try and see if he can take out the Redeemer. And try and win the title. But yeah, as I said, the start of the match, a lot of chops, a lot of the back of the neck. Uh, Eddie Kingston was a lot in control, a lot of belly bellies, 
lot of basically Eddie Kingston was just totally in control of this match early on. But the kind of turning point was when was Eddie Kingston with the outside jumping off the apron. And then obviously Miro countered with a powerbomb, a Randy Orton-esque kind of powerbomb on the outside. Then took him up and then slammed his back onto, onto the ring post. And um, yeah, Miro was in control at that point. Obviously Eddie Kingston did get back into it. He got he had a side eye suplex um, on Miro. A lot of, um, as you expect, we said earlier, back and forth kind of shots. Thing you, New Japan kind of thing you expect these days. Even Eddie Kingston even came back and kind of hit a move that the commentary said he never really uses is a fisherman suplex. That again, it's um, he hit it really well. It's really cool. It shows he's bringing out the big guns for the big title matches. Uh, we did have a bit with um, was it Mill suplex and Eddie Kingston, but the turnbuckle within the middle turnbuckle came off. Uh, that tie into a big moment just we're just about to talk about now. Obviously, uh, we had a bit where was it Mill locked in that the. the um, the game over or his submission move uh, to try it but Eddie Kingston got to the ropes no one's really done that so that's a really big moment for Eddie Kingston that he's going to take more than that but the big moment for the match really was when you had all that work that Eddie Kingston's done on the neck with like finally resulted in some sort of near fall where obviously we had Eddie Kingston chop the back of the neck or mirror then hit a devastating old school DDT um, got the pin um, yeah got a near fall but Mill really settled the hell out of it. But the, the story of this part is basically because the referee was like too busy trying to get the turnbuckle out of the ring. He wasn't paying attention. So there was a couple of seconds where um, the referee didn't make the count. And that was enough to get Mill to get, you know, to get out of the move. Like, yeah, to, to kick out, basically. So, um, yeah, there could be could be collusion there. Maybe it's just bad refereeing. Or if Joss was here, he'd be very disappointed with the ref. I know he would. He hates it. He hates referee blunders or anything like that so but um yeah and then we obviously got a um well, we got eddie kingston tried to go for his power driver but uh was it miro kicked out and then obviously we got a bit where was it eddie kingston trying to fold miro into the exposed tangle but the ref got in the way i mean is there collusion there is it just pure like trying to do the right thing i don't know but um it did help miro get the advantage when he hit a, a, a low bow um, behind the ref's back then he hit two double super kicks, to, um, you know, double super kicks right into the face of Eddie Kingston, and yeah, and gets the win. Um, I gotta be honest, I do like this that finish, in in the way that um, he he beat him without hit, you know hitting his finisher or locking in his finisher. That I really like because it's like it reminds me of the old days, you know, like the old like you watch enough of Sm- Raw and SmackDown and. WWF back in the 2000. I am slowly getting through, by the way. I will get there eventually. But um, yeah, just uh, you always had a bit of someone hit like a power move, or like just hit a power bomb, or just hit a big boot or something. It's not even their finisher, and they still get the win. It just makes it makes the unpredictability that anything can beat you. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Going in, we weren't expecting Mural to lose a title. If he's going to lose that title, it's going to be someone. I don't nothing against Eddie Kingston. I don't think he's there yet. I think Mural is going to have at least a couple more months. Whoever takes that title off him. It's going to be huge. Wouldn't surprise me if they have, like, maybe because of the whole deal, maybe some of the new signings. Maybe I can see Adam Cole maybe winning it. That wouldn't be a bad idea. You obviously had Brian Punk. You know the usual suspects. I mean, personally, if I was them, I would love to see Hangman Adam, pa- Adam Page win the title just because it would just be, like, a nice stepping stone. If they're going to, uh, with that feud with Kenny Omega, going like, to extend it or, you know, make sure it's, like, maybe a couple more months, maybe to full gear. To have that kind of moment, maybe having like a little mini title one on the way to that, just to, you know, prove his confidence that to go into that match, he's really confident that he's going to beat 
beat Kenny Omega for that title because we don't know where it's going unless they're going to change their mind. That might happen with these new massive acquisitions they've got. But um, yeah, I think surprisingly good. As always, you always have them big moments. I mean, it's not exactly a match that I would go back to, but that's not because of anything of quality. It's just I have a certain specific like of a match. So um, yeah, I mean, good. Mule, Mule's looking great. Eddie Kingston's always great. Yeah, great opener. Really got the crowd hyped. You know, the first two matches really got the crowd hyped. So yeah, love this match. So yeah, Mule is still your AEW TNT champion. So yes, yeah, so the next match to talk about is kind of an AEW versus New Japan kind of feel go to it. Obviously, it is that match because they're both from separate companies. But I'm talking about John Moxley versus Kojima. Again, I think I pronounced that correctly. If I haven't, let me know in the comments. I really, really am terrible with names. But yeah, so this is kind of a match that they kind of had a match, I think, a couple of months ago for the IWGP United States Championship. There was a really good match as well. But, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just... It's it's weird. It was just a strange match, but it was it was, it was good. It was pretty decent. But um, yes, yeah, so it's kind of a second match. Uh, it seems to be this thing recently that John Moxley seems to be kind of going against people that kind of more New Japan, kind of helping New Japan out a bit more. That's um, no surprise. Obviously, he's a former IWGP United States champion, and obviously his kind of style does kind of work for New Japan uh, with this kind of his heart brawler, kind of hard hitting against some of the good brawlers they have in a uh, New Japan pro wrestling. It could totally work. So I get why he's doing it, and it kind of makes it cool. So yeah. This is kind of a match that, again, it was off the radar type thing. You know, it's like a match. Okay, cool. You know, it's one of those things. But yeah, I mean, as Ed, it really delivered in some ways. It did really fluent. You can see these guys wrestle a lot because it's obviously their first match. I said I wasn't really, wasn't really engaged with it. But this one, it seems like they really like hit second gear when it comes to these kind. Well, they're kind of um, was it fluentness? It's really good. I really did enjoy it. I mean, you had obviously you had the bit right at the beginning where you have Kazuma uh, wanted to you know respect for John Moxley trying to shake his hand, and Moxley being like he is like a kind of he just respects you, but he really doesn't care about anyone. So he's like just gives him a middle finger, and then after that it starts off with a back and forth with the kind of New Japan kind of back and forth. Right, it's again the second time in this feud, and the second time in this or in the three matches we've kind of talked about. But uh, yeah, this match basically said a lot of forearms, a lot of chops, a lot of clotheslines, a lot of super. Very, very reminiscent. Oh, no, that's not the word I'm looking for. Very New Japan. That's what New Japan is. With it kind of like the, the strong style. Very, very good there. I liked it. Uh, we did have a bit where we had, uh, what was it, Kashima uh, come back with a nice machine gun chop of his own and like a nice elbow, was it like a chop to the back. Then he done like a running knee and then he went to the top and hit an elbow chop. Uh, drop back to back. It was really cool. I mean, just the fluidity of it. I mean, the guy's what? He's like he's like a legend in New Japan. I wish I knew more about him. I really did. We really terribly wrestling fan. I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, yes, we have this uh, good moment when Kazuma kind of hit a uh, DDT on uh, Moxie on the apron. We obviously got John Moxie trying to hit his finisher. We obviously didn't lock it in. We obviously had Kazuma hit the, like, that beautiful brain buster for a near fall. Then we got some clotheslines. I said suplexes. More back and forth stuff. We even got Moxie doing a nice running knee. Uh, then we had Kuzima kind of hitting this beautiful cutter out of nowhere for a very, very close near fall. But uh, yeah, then we had John Moxley kind of hitting, uh, was it the was it bull choke? I think he's won many matches with that. Obviously, Kuzima got out, got to the ropes with left foot. But uh, but then after that, it's kind of a situation where the match kind of ended with the back and forth, a lot of chops, uh, was it elbows, that kind of stuff. And then Moxley kind of like headbutted. Headbutted Kazuma, hits a one normal paradigm shift, and then done the elevated kind of lifting up paradigm shift to get the win. And to get the win, and yes, and a nice 12 minute fun, good match. Again, it was solid. It was just like, 
It's not going to blow you away, but it's, I think um, I've noticed in these matches for one watching it, and obviously I'll talk about more in the other matches, is it felt very... A lot of the matches had those moments that you expect to be like, oh, that's the standout moments for the highlight reels. They did have that. The first match definitely had that. This one had that probably with that... Um, what was it? Was it? Well, I can't think of the one point. Bane, uh, the one on the apron, or the uh, uh, you know, elbow drop from the top. I have to stop speaking. But um, yeah, I mean, it was really cool. I didn't think it was a good match. I think it was just one again just shows how good. I think Moxie's only lost twice, probably that thing, three times in the last two years. It shows how important they have with him. And obviously, um, wouldn't surprise. I don't. I, I wish. Obviously, I haven't checked the G1. I wish he was in G1 this year, but I don't know if he is. I have to check, but I don't think he can do it. Probably for the the travel restrictions are quite. I think still limited from travelling between, but. Um, but um, this is not what this match is going to be remembered for, obviously. Well, obviously, after this, obviously, uh, uh, was it Moxley was kind of celebrating the music end. And then we had Suzuki turned up. I'm not going to, you know, I think I pronounced that right. I really don't. So he seems like the type of guy that would really hate it if you messed up his name and probably beat the crap out of you. So, but yeah, I mean, I forgot how much that music is really cool. Um, yeah, so obviously the, you had a bit where like, the crowd was loving it. Because obviously I, this is a match that I think we never got. I think it was a match we were supposed to get last year, but we never got it. Or match, I don't think I've seen it. I think it has happened. But yeah, I mean, come on. Two hard-hitting warriors going against Joe. This is going to be an amazing match. Obviously, they announced it to be, obviously, tonight. and on um, Obviously, prior to what I'm calling, it's going to be tonight on um, was it AW, AW uh, Dynamite. So that's going to be a, what, what a match to do, especially on a, a TV as well. It's, that's kind of a main event kind of worthy match, to be fair. But um, yeah, obviously got on the wing, both exchanges. Um, lots of um, back and forth, and then we kind of um, a lot of close lines, very like kind of like a brawl after the match, and it obviously ended with uh, Suzuki hitting his gory special pile driver to leave Moxley laying laying there all embarrassed, and yes, yeah, so set up a match that again I'm actually really looking forward to this night. I really can't wait to watch. It's going to be an amazing, amazing show. I mean, the, if they can keep the momentum up they got from the show, it's going to be amazing. But yeah, so good match. I like the ending. It had set up to really cool stuff. Yeah, it's yeah fun. I think I like what they're doing. Mox at the moment, he's not he's not in anything problem position, but he's gone. He's he's given us kind of the dream matches because they got up his uh, Suzuki versus um, <laughs> John Moxley is in my opinion a dream match, and have it on AEW television is it's just. They haven't even scratched the surface of the match if we can have it new to practice. I mean, come on. We haven't even touched Koto Bushi or like Okada. They haven't even turned up yet. And to, when they turn up, the, it, the wrestling business has already been blown up to the point of oblivion. That would just blow my mind. I can't wait for that. It's going to be so good. I can't. I hope. I, I like these kind of snippets of like the forbidden door being opened just little bits at a time, you know. They're not. It's like, you know, one 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 at a time, you know. Make it last. I like it. So, yeah, so obviously John Mitch got the win, but he didn't get the last laugh. That was for Suzuki. And I cannot wait to see that match on Wednesday. Should be good. So, yeah, so next match we talk about is the for the AEW Women's World Championship with the champion, Britt Baker, going against Chris Statlander. And I'm sure this is the match that was um, supposed to happen probably before her injury or before the pandemic. I'm sure they had a match before so and i'm sure uh, i don't know if her stat line ever got her rematch or that match that she's supposed to have but because of prior commitments didn't work out but yeah again i'm again it's one of these situations in the women's division at the moment Britt baker is absolutely killing it she's amazing champion love love Britt baker she seems to be the out of all the stars she's the only one with standout star in the women's division at the moment and now she's got the title hopefully they have enough time to build up someone 
two similar levels. So whoever takes that title and then slowly, slowly build. Uh, they do have a lot of potential in the division. But um, yeah, I mean, I knew this was going to be a slightly good match because Statlando is good and Britt Baker is very good. So I'll put them together. They should put a pretty decent, very good match. And I got it. Didn't, I have to admit, it's not, it didn't blow me away, but it's very, you know, it was, it was a really good fun enjoyable match again it had the moments i was talking about where it has the big moments you go oh my god that's awesome type moments they're obviously considering to good to great matches and i think they really um you know really prove that they, they ha there's always potential with the women's division but yeah let's quickly go into talk about the match in general at the start it was very like old school kind of you know old school wrestling locks headlocks all that kind of stuff we had a bit where you had uh both of them trying to hit submissions early Obviously, I think um, Britt Baker was trying to go for a submission. Not sure what um, Statlander's one is, but yeah, for both going submissions early makes sense. We did have a funny moment when you had Statlander block him, Britt Baker doing the DMD taunt she does, and obviously done the whole boop on the boop on the no on the nose. Probably pronounced that terribly. So uh, yeah, that was a nice little moment. Obviously, we had a bit where you had um, yes, where was, was it? You know, Chris Statlander went to the top. Obviously, he just went to turnbuckle. Uh, Britt Baker met her there, hit some forearms, and then hit a lovely twisted net breaker off the ropes. Looked beautiful. I mean, come on, Britt Baker, she's so good. She's so good at what she does. Then we got some sling blades. We got all oh, we got Statlander doing a nice fan canal sit down, sit down slam. Awesome stuff there. We got Britt Baker going for a glove, trying to hit the submission, but obviously uh, Statlander got out. We obviously had a f a finisher attempts. We had superplex on the top. We had um, Statlander go to the top, trying to hit a 450 splash, but Britt Baker moved out of the way. We had a we had a scissors kick by Statlander. We obviously got a a beautiful, beautiful um, was it attempt by Statlander to do a platinum moonsault on the outside, but obviously Britt got out of the way, and then we got Britt hit out of nowhere, hitting a curve stomp off the steps uh, onto Statlander. She's out. I mean, she's cooking out all the kind of moves that you know from certain people, but um, yeah, and then we had a, we had a shocking moment where we got the nearly ten count move where it's like just about got back and win. We even got she knew it was important. Oh, and Cassidy actually said words. You know it's important. I mean, come on, you know it's important when he doesn't speak at all. But um, yes, obviously she finally got back in the wing. We got Britt Baker hitting a power mask summarize. Obviously, that's a homage to her. Was it boyfriend Adam Cole, baby? As you obviously now with hindsight, we knew that was a nice little tease to make us think about Adam Cole, obviously, for his big return at the end. Spoiler, it's been three days. You should know by now. But, um, yeah, after that, got a two count. They went and then hit a curd stop again. Baker, uh, very Seth Rollins. I don't know if that's uh, any relation or trying to stick it to him or anything like that. Hit that, got a two. Then after that, Statland just kept kicking out. At this point, she got fed up. Then got got the glove, locked in the um, locked jaw submission move. She passed out Statlander, and Britt Baker is still your AEW Women's Champion. And no one expected Statlander to win this. Britt Baker is going to have a, probably a very long title reign that I'm not bad against because they might do similar to what NXT UK Championship is, where both when you have that championship, you're having it for a while, and it kind of gives other people time to build up that they totally did with Dragonoff with that one. So maybe that's what they're doing here. Again, it works. Time. Sometimes you see time to build up stars, and I think they've got potential. We'll just talk about it more when we get to the Casino Battle Royal. But yeah, great match. I mean... I think it's like it's never expecting to be like you know five star, but I, you know with these two, these are the more competent, you know, the more the kind of like you know very 
you know, finished polished kind of wrestlers, if you know what I mean. The kind of the they're the ones that kind of like got their uh, craft down a bit more than maybe some others in the division. That's not a knock on them. So you knew it was going to be kind of a good match, and I think they've had a match before, and that was pretty decent. So yeah, I mean, I like it. I mean, it's interesting to see if they have a rematch. Don't we do those? Do they? So we've got a bit of Baker. I don't know who our challenger will be next. Obviously, we know it's going to be. We're talking about. Well, we know who's going to be next, but. Sometimes just because they win it doesn't mean it's their next challenger in AEW that I kind of like. So, but yeah, liking Brooke Baker's, you know, whole thing at the moment. She's really cool. This match was really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, should be really, really fun. And yeah, I look forward. I, I'm just hoping that this time next year, the women's division is going to be even better. I cannot wait to see what happens. But yeah, there's still some work to do. But again, these, these cover matches really do help elevate the division. And especially from certain incomings that we'll talk about later on you know, should be um, should help elevate the division a bit higher than it is at the moment. So yeah, Britt Baker is still your champion. So next on the list to talk about is probably one of the more highlighted matches that was on the card and probably one of four I mentioned at the top of the show is obviously uh, the steel cage match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships with the champions, the Young Bucks, going against the Lucha Brothers in a match that we just knew it was going to be good. I don't see... I, I was going in knowing that it's going to be outstanding. Probably because every match they've been has been outstanding. I mean, the early fuse they had at the start of AEW when I think that ladder match they had. I think it was a little out. Might have been a full gear. I can't remember. But yeah, those ladder matches were outstanding. It's like about... They're both similar in style. They're both small still. And they just seems to be able to click on so many levels when it comes to the matches. And I mean... The only problem with this match is it's so many cool stuff. It's going to be so hard to keep in touch with it. I mean, I, I, I struggled. I really struggled to keep in to keep in touch note-wise on this. I tried my best, but there's probably a good chance. I'm probably going to miss some really cool spots. I've tried to get the best ones, but yeah, this is such an outstanding match. I mean, the steel cage environment obviously will stop all the kind of shenanigans that the uh, the elite has had recently with, you know, the good brothers coming in and helping out the, the young bucks get victories. And obviously Kenny Omega is the same as well. So you knew when they put the steel cage stipulation, they've had the title since for nearly a while now. So I think it, there, there's time for a change. And obviously I think there was a situation with the tag team championships have been kind of overshadowed where they, the young bucks don't need them anymore. If you know what I mean, they don't need them. They they're already involved in a very heated feud with the elite and the Kenny Omega stuff. They don't need the tag team titles. They can still do their stuff. So them titles need to be lost, but need to be lost in the right way, not just get rid of them. That's it. And obviously, this was the perfect example. Obviously, Lucha Brothers got a title shot after going through many other tag teams in a tag team turmoil kind of. Um, kind of tournament that we they do love tournaments i love tournaments so it works so yeah they got you knew i just knew that they were gonna win here but um yeah as i said what a match what a match i mean yeah i mean we just got to get stuck into this because i could talk about our greatest matches all day and just but you, you know let's quickly talk about the kind of highlights the big points of the match obviously at first we've got to talk about a really cool entrance by lucha bros really cool i love the kind of uh, outfit they've got really Stapping up the heritage type of uh, you know lucha brothers that's really cool obviously we had nick jackson had a weird beard I don't know where you got that from. No idea. <laughs> I mean, I know I don't watch every week as much as I should, but I would have noticed that, right? Maybe it's just maybe it's just quicker growing beards. Maybe it's, maybe it's similar to Kurt Angle when he said he lost his hair, he used miracle growth that made him grow his hair back in a week. <laughs> maybe he's got that. I don't know. I'm talking about nonsense now. But uh, yeah, the cool. Obviously, 
the back and forth fighting as you expect from both of them at the start. You had uh, the uh, Young Bucks trying to escape early on, but obviously we had a nice Phoenix hitting like a, like a springboard drop kick on the back of the Bucks, went into the cage. Uh, then we got some, we got Penta with kicks to Matt. Then we got Phoenix got uh, got a hold of Matt uh, uh, Matt and kind of Phoenix hitting a nice hammer run off the top as you expect. We got um, later on in the match we had this cool thing where kind of Nick Jackson was I think it was Nick called Matt Jackson was locked in the um, locked in the sharpshooter and obviously he used a kind of assist like in between the ropes looked really cool uh, the big kind of talking point was the bit where um, we had Callis or kind of uh uh, was it Cut- Cutler? Because was given a bag. Was we found that out? And if you're being the elite, uh, what's that yesterday? Funny enough, um, was it a bag? Chucked it over, and then we found that it had some sneakers or shoes that have thumbtacks on the bottom of them. I mean, it makes sense as their one of the things you move is the super kick, so makes sense. Uh, obviously, we had a bit. We had a bit where you know, at this point was it Phoenix was out of it, and it looks like he was gonna. They were gonna attack, you know, Phoenix. But then they were just about to hit the super kick or throw phoenix into that that boot or of the tax but um you gotta love you gotta love the brotherly love here when you've got what's you got penta just like standing in front of him just say don't do my brother bleed mouth bleeding with blood all over but then it just didn't stop so then he got matt super kicked uh, penta with the thumbtack shoe and then penta stood up in front of him and then matt super kick and then, then matt super kicked penta and then, Pen- and then penta was sent into the the matt shoe again and the thumbtacks as well but then obviously um they got back into it and obviously then we got a situation where they got the the, the thumbtacks were hitting the young bucks as well so back and forth then we got some cool we got some uh, bte triggers uh, we had uh, they almost got the match one. We also had this cool thing where all four men hitting uh, was it power drivers on the apron. I think like the older brothers were hitting the younger brothers uh, on the apron. Really cool stuff there. We also got we got an amazing avalanche Canadian destroy from the top by Penta. No surprise there. We obviously got multiple multiple super kicks. You, I think we got eight or nine for the entire match. Uh, then we've got a we had a loop, we did a great like double team power uh, power drive uh, type move, um, but then the unbutts got the save. Then we got Phoenix climbing to the top, right to the top of the cage, um, very like you know Jeff Hardy kind of style. And then obviously we got Matt uh, went to, went up to the wing, but Penta kicked him. Was it was it uh, kicked him down? And then we had a situation where he, he, um, you'll see it in the picture I put up. It's just like a nice crossbody dive from the top. And that was like took out all three, uh, three men, and then 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 uh, Penta got right back up, hit the um, got the assisted power driver on on one the young bucks one two three, and we have new AW World Tag Team Champions. I mean, it was a huge title change. The crowd were up for it. I mean, I, I said an outstanding match, so good. It's definitely. Well, I think I saw the, the uh, like nine. It's the ten out of ten, probably five stars. If you're going to go for the Melcher, Mel, probably six out of ten or or six out of five. I don't know how he does his ratings, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't expect anything less. The young bucks when they can find the right opponents can put on nine times amazing matches. I don't get why people don't rate them as a tag team. They, they say, oh, too much flips. They, yeah, they do, but sometimes they do but when it works it works i mean this is so good i mean it had the story had the brutality it had the kind of highlight reel type moments most of the stuff they did was highlight moments i missed out so many awesome segments and uh back and forth it's so good and um yeah i mean as i said before like obviously with the open with the buyout uh, buy-in there, there are a lot of good tag teams there so now um the tag team titles are off young bucks now i think it would be nice to see the tag division kind of focus on their own and not being lumped in to the kind of main story with the elite 
to see what we can do. I mean, I like the, uh, uh, the Jurassic uh, Jurassic Express having a shot at them. Cause that'd be a good match. Uh, obviously, I would love to see again like, another team of like Hyper Two. I never would love to see them go out again. Because I honestly think they're on the mis obviously not misused because AW don't do that. But I would love to see more of them in more prominent tag teams um, situations. Really, they're really good. I love kind of a similar high impact kind of high intensity style. They did have a match of Young Bucks when they were faced, but love to see it again. But yeah, I mean. Yeah, I just think it was just a good moment. It was bound to happen eventually. The Young Bucks have had them titles too long. And um, now they can focus on being with um, the Kenny Omega stuff. And then now the Taxi Division can maybe try and build up a bit more. Because it's still good. But I think they need a bit more focus on like just people in the Taxi Division. Instead of being on the outside. So yeah, I mean, Lucha Brothers love it. They won it. So about time, they probably should have. They probably. I don't know if that makes them tired when it comes to victories. I think they won the overall food that's happened over the last two years. So uh, yeah, should be good. I loved it. I mean, again, I probably haven't scored it very well, but definitely check it out. It's definitely it's definitely up there when match of the year contender. It's going to be the most. It's going to be up there talked about at the end of the year. So yeah, definitely check it out. And um, yeah, awesome, awesome match. Cannot wait to talk about the rest of the show. But before we get um, dive straight into talking about. The other, was it, five matches left to talk about. Uh, yeah, there's a, here's a word from our sponsor. Hope you enjoy it and speak to you in a bit. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. So yeah, we are back. Um, if you want to learn more from what uh, from our ad break and more about the deal that's on that ad, uh, just, it'll be in the description below as well as on any uh, podcast platform. So yeah, check that out. So yeah, so let's go straight back into talking about AW All Out. Um, next match we want to talk about is the 21 Women Casino Battle Royale. With 21 women fighting out to get a shot at the AEW Women's World Champion, Britt Baker, at a time of her choosing. I'm assuming that's how it works. Um, yeah, this is a kind of a, a lot of women in this match, as you can guess. Um, a lot of um, The way it usually works this match is a situation you have four decks. Four decks, you've got diamonds, hearts, clubs, stuff's in a, in a deck of a casino. And they, thought, yeah, what, they each get picked out, and you all group of five, and you all come out one by one, and then you have a joker card at the end, which is usually a surprise. It's it's always good. They basically, I like the way they kind of, in the Royal Rumble, they have a situation where they always have like three or four spiders out of nowhere, but at least you're kind of expecting a surprise that's kind of good and bad marketing-wise, I guess. But we've already got, it makes sense, because it means you everyone likes a surprise, let's be honest. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's kind of what this match was. Um, again, it was um, didn't have a lot of um, beats-to-beat like kind of stuff like, it was, oh, that's cool, that's cool. A lot of it was just quick eliminations, a lot of stuff. I mean, we had, uh, was it Sky? I think uh, she was like the kind of Chicago home native. Uh, so she got eliminated first. There was kind of a situation like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. Um, so she got eliminated first. We obviously had a lot of... Nina Rose, um, Jay Cargill eliminated many people in this match as well. We did have a bit of revenge for um, was it Anna Jay who eliminated the bunny. I'm sure she's the one that took her out. I'm not 100% sure. But yes, yeah, she, she took it out. We obviously had, obviously, P- 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 Penelope Ford, obviously, 
she got she uh, eliminated her. Everyone didn't like that. But yeah, but the big story of this match was kind of like a situation of who was the Joker. Uh, we obviously found out that was Ruby Soho, or as we as we used to be called, Ruby Riot. I'm sure Jr. said it during the match. But that was kind of the big reveal of this match. Obviously, she came. Obviously, she just she got was it released from WWE a couple of months ago. I think wouldn't surprise you if they have 90 day no compete clause thing whatever but um yeah she's back and um yeah she was on fire in this match she just came in when you know as you expect from what she has all the momentum all that kind of stuff uh she and uh we had obviously after that we had all kinds of women we had uh we had this really cool was it spear by red velvet that she'd done earlier on that i just want to point out my god she, that woman that woman can do a spear it's really good but um let's be honest we had we we ended with the final three being nyla rose thunder rosa and Ruby Soho, of course. Obviously, we had Nyla Rose. As always in these matches, she kind of always is in the bottom final three. She doesn't really, because she's that kind of the monster, like you know, like the kind of like every like in every battle royal, the Big Show or Paul White used to be like, he's probably gonna win. He's because he's big and he's got strength, so good chance she's gonna take sight to get rid of him. But um, yeah, obviously at this point, obviously she was in control. But then obviously Thunder Rosa eliminated Nyla Rose. She's out. So I've got to be honest with you. It is nice that Nyla Rose is not. She seems to be in the title scene a lot more than I would like. Um, the whole doesn't sound bad, but it's just like it seems to be. She was the. She's been in the title scene for so long. It's just like since the, like two years now. It's like doesn't she hasn't really had a feud that's kind of been other than the title sometimes. Obviously, when she's not there, of course. But, um, yeah, so obviously, after she got eliminated, we had the final two. We had uh, with so- Ruby Soho and Thunder Rosa. Personally, I mean, if it wasn't Ruby Soho, I probably would have went Thunder Rosa because I do like her style of wrestling. She's really good in the ring. Um, but it all kind of culminated in the kind of... Uh, they found a way over the top rope and on the apron, kind of fighting back and forth, back and forth. And then we had a situation where, was it Ruby... Right? I keep saying Ruby right, it can't be helped. Um, these Rosa... Holding onto the middle rope and teasing the slam onto the apron, but then hit a jumping kick to Rose's head and she bumped onto the floor. Boom. 22 minute match. We have a new number one contender in Ruby Soho. In her debut, has now got a chance to go against Britt Baker. When it, I'm assuming, um, wouldn't surprise if they do it on Rampage, just because we really want to build it up, or not next pay view, but it's going to be a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, on her debut, I can't, I mean. I mean, a lot of people can sit there and say, well, you know, another WWE stars come. Like, but if it's one thing, Ruby Soho has got kind of, rec- like, she's recognised in some ways. Not mainstream. I don't know about mainstream, but she's a name people know and there's a face that people know. So I think um, the women's division will definitely benefit from having that. If there's any, like, free agents of WWE that they've released, AW for the women, definitely should go for it. Because I think, I just I just think they, they need what I've been saying for for a while now. They need kind of like the big names to complement the kind of young stars, the kind of mix of both. The the, the women's division it was always just full of people that a lot of people didn't know. So it's like it, it feels like a division that needs way more time than maybe two years. It takes about four or five. I'm sh- I said before, the NXT one took around about that time to build up. But you need the names and you need the time. And they're going to get there. But I think um, people like uh, Ruby Soho being there is going to really elevate and kind of, you know, okay, she's, because he's confident, really good in the ring. I've been intrigued. I don't know much more what she did beforehand, but um, before WWE, so I don't know. So, but it'd be interesting to see. But yeah, again, I have to admit, I didn't go too much detail into it because obviously there's a lot of matches, a lot of just eliminations, eliminations. 
And obviously I didn't, and also because I didn't really want to mess up the names, because I'm terrible with names for a guy that does a podcast. Very terrible, I know. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it would just be interesting to see that match. But um, yeah, I think that that's name recognition that the kind of, the, the women's division sh- sorely needs. And I'm intrigued to see what they do with her. So yeah, so at some point we're going to get Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker for the women, uh, the world women's title, AEW world women's title. And um yeah, should be good, and I cannot wait. So, yeah, so Ruby Soho is the winner of the Casino Battle Royale. So, yeah, so next we talk about the kind of another of the big high-profile big matches that they kind of promoted in this show. Obviously, it is the match between Chris Jericho and MJF with the stipulation that if Jericho loses, he must retire from in-ring competition in AEW. Again, this feud has been going on ever since, obviously, MJF betrayed the inner circle and kind of joined um, create his own group the pinnacle again i do not know if they're still going or if they just done a thing where they're separating each other at the moment doing their own thing and then they're compact together but um yeah obviously it's just, it's a match that kind of it's grudge match a lot of back and forth i mean jericho's really used this this way to build up mgf i think he's got three it's they said two but i think three successive successive wins against jericho that's like unheard of you just don't see that unless they've really up, you know, really want to do something with this guy. I mean, MGF is amazingly. He's got the perfect asshole dickhead that you just want someone to beat the crap out of. He's just so good at it. <laughs> so you got to respect it. So he's just got that punch in the face face that's what heels are supposed to be, where you want someone to beat the crap out of them. And I think Jericho's done a good job to make us really want to beat the crap out of MGF. And we definitely got a bit more ammunition at the start of this match with uh, obviously a false countdown, the famous countdown from Chris Jericho's old thing when he was in uh, entrance to WWE. We're thinking, oh, it'd be one of those. And then no, it's just MGF coming out. Uh, in a kind of, um, was it Royal Robe, just churning the hell out of us and really being pissed off. He even had a moment when he had an argument with a couple of the fans at the beginning, at the stage. That's, um, again, what wrestling is. It's really cool. It's really cool. I love it. But um, obviously, Yoko had a cool entrance of his own. Obviously, he's fuzzy guitarist. Uh, came down, just him playing the guitar, playing the fuzzy uh, Judas. That was really cool. I love the way they're creating creative ways to play his theme. Obviously, he had that bit where he couldn't, last time MDF, he couldn't play uh, Judas. So they had the crowd... Uh, was they encouraged the crowd to learn all lyrics and sing every last word, and it sounded amazing. So, very similar there. And obviously, during this match, you kind of saw that these guys know each other pretty damn well at this point. Um, you expect a lot from this match. Obviously, MGF um, worked in that arm a lot, obviously, because he injured it during that big fall at the uh, Blood and Guts match. Uh, we had a lot of that. We had uh, the kind of big thing as well, Jericho was working on MGF's back after, obviously later on in the match we had a powerbomb attempt, we'll talk about it in a bit but he had, kind of, after that he sailed the hell out of it, MGF really was selling it um, we had it early on, we had Jericho trying to go for the walls, but obviously uh, we had MGF to counter it into a nice little kind of pin attempt, uh, then we started fighting in the crowd, uh, all that kind of stuff, then we had MGF, uh, was it getting heat, hit by, I don't know what it is Like a, I think it's like the, I don't know what it was like a pole or some sort of thing can't think of Tom Head what it is, but he just fold on his back of his neck, and it's just like the way he threw it and land on him. It's like, luckily that's fake. Hoping that's fake <laughs> because no, you're dead. The weight on that would break your neck. Just saying, just don't do it. Um, yes, we had that. So Jericho was in control early. Uh, then we had obviously later on in the match the kind of big kind of thing that really turned the tide of the match. Really, is you had obviously MGF hitting a heat seeker on DDT uh, that sent Jericho's head into the apron, and obviously which gives you. 
just got back into the wing. I think another 10 cat at this point. I think that's what he did it. And uh, MJF doing something. It's very unlike MJF in this, where he done a kind of went for like a springboard moonsault that he really got really worse. Like, that's not MJF. He's very old school. He does fight with old school stuff. He doesn't do the high flying kind of. He's more of a Jim Cornette star. Doesn't like that kind of stuff. But yeah, he did it. Uh, what was it? Jericho moved out of the way. And obviously MJF landed on his feet. Then Jericho, uh, was it, I think it tried to go for him again. But obviously Jericho caught MJF and hit a powerbomb onto the apron. Very Kevin Owens style. Very good. And obviously after that, as he said just said earlier, working on his back for most of it, you know. Even even um, as MJF was really selling the hell. We had a lot of biting during this whole show that I didn't get. We got a little of MJF biting Jericho. We even had Jericho hitting all his old moves, you know, of the line. So... The I think he had, I think we had a couple of cold breakers in midair. I think even even um, was it MGF done a little I think a cold breaker on um, Jericho as well. So we had a lot of that kind of stuff. But the kind of um, the match, the way the match kind of ended was, or the way the kind of like the ending segment. Obviously at this point, Wardlow came out and Jake Hager came out to stop him. They thought all this obviously the ref is totally distracted what was going there. Kind of cliche, but it kind of works. Obviously, and then Jericho uh, was it MGF grabbed the bat. Floyd, Jericho's back, hit him around the head, and then MGF hits the Judas effect on Jericho, insult to injury, gets the pin, one, two, three. But that's not all. Obviously, what we don't mention is obviously, but just before the three count, Jericho put his foot on the ropes. And normally, this would just be a screw finish, where it's a situation where the ref didn't see it, the referee's decision's final, and then, and, and then we can have like a rematch and a rematch. But because it's the like the final fighters they've named this feud you kind of had to do a kind of ref was actually paying attention for a change that's actually quite refreshing <laughs> so obviously after that mgf was kind of um yeah mgf was kind of celebrating being like that and then obviously uh, another ref came out and said to uh was it edwards audrey edwards um yes yeah, her name yeah came to her and said like yeah foot on the ropes and um they just dub- double checked it again. Wouldn't surprise me they took this from VAR. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Went to check and then found out that Jericho's foot was on the bot uh, was on the bottom rope. And yes, the match was restarted with the the with how MGF was not happy with this, as you expect. But again, it works. Normally, I'd be a bit annoyed, but it works because MGF is so you don't want him to win when it goes against him. You just love it. He was annoyed. I love it. Obviously, Jericho. Um, after this, Jericho took advantage of this. Obviously, with the confusion for MGF. Nice roll out for two and then we had MGF apply the salt to the earth that yeah, arm bar he does on Jericho's left arm but there, Jericho was able to counter roll out for a two then we got was it an attempt to cut the walls again uh, uh, by Jericho um, but then obviously Jer- MGF was really selling the back but um, at this point he did lock it in in the end and we really really locked it in he even tried the old kind of line kind of like way like put his bend not not like a the way he used to do it when he used to bend like like a Boston crab, you know, the bit when he puts his, he puts his knee on the back of the neck that really puts more leverage on it. Je- Je- MDF was just screaming, agonizing pain, almost got to the ropes, but yeah, MGF tapped out. Yes, I said that right. MGF tapped out, and it was his second loss. I'm sure it's his only second loss. Obviously, the first one being against John Muxu for the world title, but um, yeah, 21 minute match, really fun. I think it's the best one they've they've done because obviously I've, I wasn't a fan of their first one, but I think, I think they finally found their groove in this, and obviously left the best two last. And yeah, I mean, Jericho I don't think was because they put a stipulation that might if because he was doing a lot of commentary, so you could understand you could see them doing that thing where it's like yeah, 
probably would it would work i can see it doing a very coldy thing where you just uh, with the world title situation but um yeah i mean but it was good it had enough intrigue to get me set up for it it was really cool mgf losing again it'll work perfectly because he's got the perfect heel you know ammunition saying i won crooked breaths and he's got and he's got it's a typical deluded heel mgf is perfect at it it's it's it's, it's a great finish it's a really good, great, really good match. Very pay-per-view worthy kind of stuff. When you, it's a nice creative way when they do do it, it can work. When they do kind of false finishes, when it doesn't for some reason it just doesn't feel forced. You know, I I think I really liked it. Really liked the ending. Really, it was really fun. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to do next. I mean, MGF needs to at some point probably. I don't know. He's got to move on at some point. Wouldn't surprise me if he tries to go for a title or go against someone like. Then a Jungle Boy or something again, or maybe go against some some other talent. I don't know where he's going to go from here, but I'm intrigued. Unless they do another, continue the kind of feud with the um, Pinnacle and you know. So I think it's got to a point where I need to leave it be for a while. But uh, Jericho, Jericho can do whatever the mind. I mean, obviously with CM Punk, Danny Bryan, all that kind of stuff. Maybe he can get involved in that kind of stuff as well. Obviously MJF can get involved. The idea of maybe doing like a uh, maybe the idea of having like maybe. You know, MGF versus CM Punk. Oh man, that's a match. Two of the probably, oh, two great talkers gone back to back. I mean, come on, that's just take my money now. <laughs> that would be an amazing match. But um, yeah, definitely up for that. But um, yeah, Jericho is still going to be wrestling in AEW, and MGF has got his second loss in his whole career. It's, he has in AEW. So yeah, I look forward to seeing where this is going. So talking of Punk, let's go into his first match. In seven years, when he faced off against Darby Allen, yes, obviously it was a match. Oh, I mean, it was a we all the best return, the last great wrestling return that there ever has been, ever will be. It's the the reaction, everything about CM Punk's return was just perfection. It's what wrestling should be. It sh- it's the way it should be. And obviously, when he came back, it was never believed it until I saw it, and it's really, it's really made people think, oh. AEW are serious players now. So, yeah, so obviously it was kind of, for me, um, I don't know if Josh would be the same. I guess we all were in some ways. Going into, obviously, this pay-per-view, it kind of, for me, overshadowed a lot of the matches because this is the match I think a lot of people are looking forward to, especially in Chicago. I mean, it's huge. I mean, we wanted to see if CM Punk's got it. We wanted to see what he does against Darby Allen. Obviously, we I do love Darby Allen as well. He's right with the kind of thing we said, if I was a 15-year-old, I would, Darby Allen would be my favourite wrestler. I like that. And obviously, if you see enough interviews with CM Punk, he seems like it's going to work with a lot of the younger talent. That, again, I'm up for, because CM Punk, I don't know, it's just it's so great to see him back. I'm sorry, I sound like a giddy little fanboy here, but I just love it. It's so good to have CM Punk back. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it was um, it was kind of set up where it was kind of rumoured this match would happen. It, it obviously is happening. A nice little, nothing, the good thing about this match, it wasn't complicated. You know, he just worked. CM Punk's got proof that he still got it. Uh, Darby Allen can still has got to prove that he can still hang with someone as quality as CM Punk. So they both had stuff to prove, and I kind of felt that in the match really. Um, but yeah, let's go. Let's, let's actually go dive in talking about the match because I could talk about how much awesome the CM Punk's back. But let's let's talk about the actual match because you know put more respect on the match. But so obviously one thing, CM Punk's got new to ring gear. He's not wearing trunks anymore. He's using trousers now. Um, a lot of people didn't like it, but like anything in life, eventually I get used to it. My first reaction was it reminded me similar to Jericho's when uh, he used to wear uh, 
pants he used to wear like you know he didn't wear sh- he would didn't wear anything like yeah wear yeah he used to wear pants and then all of a sudden he went to the sh- he went to the trousers now like, he used to wear the trousers then he went to the pants yeah i got that completely wrong for some reason but yeah so obviously then obviously i'm like oh that was weird but then you get used to it um if pank thinks that cool i think he needs to change it up a little bit but yeah i think um his first match back come on man i mean if you're gonna crap him on his attire come on please come on anyway but the first match is very uh Match started, basic wrestling at start. Very, like, kind of slow pace, kind of, like, shoulder tackles. Very, like, kind of um, punk, um, trying to slow the pace down because, obviously, he knew uh, Darby Allen's club was going to be younger and probably more far, was it, speed and pace. So, obviously, his thing for the match was trying to slow the man down. Obviously, we had bits with Darby Allen tr- uh, looking at an arm bar, but then, obviously, uh, Darby Allen and he going for a roll-up as well. Obviously, CM Punk, uh, at this point, took control. We had, uh, was it Punk? Uh, the bit where it really shows how ridiculous Darby Allen is. It's basically when he whipped him, uh, Punk whipped Darby Allen into the corner. But then because he put so much oomph on it, he went through, he literally Darby Allen went through the middle rope, hit the post and went out. I mean, come on, that guy is not going to survive very long with those kind of moves. The guy is mental. But um, yeah, well, obviously we had that. We also had a bit with like a, a go, um, an early go to uh, GTS um, attempt. Burn by Punk on Darby Allen, but he was able to get out. We had really cool, like a sunset cold wed by Darby Allen and Punk for a two. We also got Punk wet, went for the suplex on top, and then uh, but Darby was able to counter it and land to get a pin for another two attempt. Uh, we near the end we had a bit where Punk uh, hit finally hit the goal to sleep, uh, but yeah, the momentum knocked uh, Darby Allen outside the wing, and he wasn't able to get back. Uh, Darby Allen just got back into it again, similar to Jericho stuff and the Statlander stuff earlier on. Similar stuff, and like you know, just get foot before the ten count. Uh, we got we got an awesome thing. We you know we got CM Punk went for the GTS again, but Darby Allen counters. We had Darby Allen do some running suicide dives on the outside. Uh, we even had him do like a stand, a, was it a swanton bomb off the apron, and kind of, sort of stand with Punk standing on the floor. Very awesome stuff here. Uh, we got Darby Allen going to the going uh, gesturing for the GTS to kind of mock CM Punk going to get the coffin drop, but yeah, it's really cool for Undertaker thing where it's like <laughs> literally it's, it's it's great. You see it. It's basically what he did. It's basically that he went for the coffin drop, but like CM Punk just stood up like the Undertaker would, you know, on you know stood up and that kind of stuff. And obviously he you know he's just laughing, you know, like kind of said, yeah, I did that, I did do that. Uh, but then, obviously, with all that cockiness, uh, Darby Allen was able to do like a bit like a hook the hook the leg uh, to get a pin. But obviously, CM Punk came out. Then he obviously got Punk went for the G, uh, the go to sleep, and then got out of it and was able to hit a last supper, another last supper attempt pin, really you know uh, cradle kind of pin. Uh, was it was it Punk was able to get out as it came, uh, CM Punk came back with a leg lariat to knock a. Uh, Darby Allen down, and then CM Punk ran the boot, ran into the boot, but ran into the boot of Darby Allen. Darby Allen went went for a move, but then Punk held him. GTS by Punk, one, two, three, and in his first match in seven years, he gets a win, and no one looked bad here. Punk looks shows that he still got it. Uh, Darby Allen shows that he can still go with something like that. Uh, again, it just proves how good Darby Allen is. I mean, you could say were parts when it kind of felt like Darby Allen was kind of, I never thought to say his words, carry the match a little bit. But maybe because um, the way he did, like, the kind of, I like the idea that CM Punk was slowing the pace down to his level. Very, you know, that kind of stuff. Obviously, Darby Allen is all about his speed and pace. So I get what they're doing it. But, yeah, he had a nice bit. But he had a nice bit at the end when he got, a Sting came out. I think he said uh, he would shake uh, Punk's hand if he wins. You know, we had that nice moment. 
then he had like a very like you know babyface thing where you know picks up Darby Allen and then kind of fist bumps him and you know shakes his hand as well. A bit of respect. End of a match. Sixteen minutes. Fun. It was great. It was it was everything I would want it to be. This match. You know, Punk. It's just it's just you always had that if if he's too good, and I think. I still think he's still got the good beautiful thing is he's when he gets better and he wrestles more, he's gonna be back to her best again, but best in the world. But the moment it was a good it was a very, very good debut match back. It was very good. I mean I just think it's like it's a perfect example of everyone looks great. Norman looks weak in it. Dibian still looks like a star. CM Punk still looks like a star. Everyone looks great. And yeah, I cannot wait. I'm still up for again CM Punk. It'd be interesting to see if um, what he does next. Obviously he is must see at the moment. Might change with what we talk about the main event in a little bit, but um, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I've got to be honest, really good match. It's just great to see CM Punk in the wrestling ring again. So I think it's going to be a lot of every time he's in the ring, it's going to be amazing. So I think we just got to just, as Jericho would say, drink it in, man, and just just go with the flow, man. So good to see Punk back. Um, I'm in, so looking forward to see who goes again next. My, my money's on MGF. I just think it'd be a great, but I don't know if that's later on because obviously I don't want MGF to go in a spiral uh, <laughs> with losing matches. So hopefully that's not a thing. But um, yeah, look forward to see what CM Punk does next. Darby Allen's going to be Darby Allen. So yeah, but yeah, it's great to see Punk back. Please, I want, I, and I can't wait to see more. It's going to be so good. Oh god, AW genius is getting CM Punk back. So happy right now. Anyway, so yeah, so next match we're going to talk about again. It's going to be a very short conversation match because this match was quite short. Obviously, I'm talking about the match between Paul White, a returning, or aka the formerly known as the Big Show, um, going against QT Marshall in a match that was kind of set up because QT Marshall was not happy with Tony Schiavone saying bad things about him, kind of, and then he kind of brought his son involved, Big Show. I'm going to call him. It's Paul White. It's going to be really, really weird to get used to saying that. Came back, said, um, you know, it helped beat up the factory. And then obviously said he's got a match against QT Marshall. And I wasn't looking forward to it in some sense. No one was. But then what I like about it, they were done is they knew no one was up for this match. They just made it short, sweet. No one wants QT. No, no offense to QT Marshall, but he's not exactly an interesting character. He's He's got a thing at basically the Jobber squad. So it would be very good to feed them him to um, like the big boys to try and make them look good. It's not a bad spot, he's doing telly, so it's not a worst idea. But yeah, this basically this match was basically Paul White. Got in there, uh, basically went in, dominated him early, a lot of punches, a lot of chops, I think like three or four, took the chest, to the chest, you know, first I think the crowd were up for it, but then it kind of got to a point. Uh, we did hear a bit, we did have QT Marshall kind of doing a diamond cut at one point, tried to do, I mean, and uh, was it White, Paul White, avoid it, then obviously his goons came back in, Paul White beat the crap out of him, as you expect. Uh, you had you had and then you had um, QT Marshall go to the top trying to hit I don't know what axe handle probably but you know Paul White caught him in midair hit a choke slam one two three yeah and Paul White gets his first win in AEW and yeah exactly what it needed to be don't know what more to really say about this match really it was basically what it needed to be Paul White attracts his first match backs in probably in the first match of AEW no people like seeing QT Marshall beat not because of anything other than just I don't think a lot of people are loving his stuff at the factory, so yeah, everyone wins it. It's good to see. It's good to see Paul White back. I don't know how many matches he's got left. I don't know if it, like this might be last one or what's his deal. I mean, because I've got a feeling he's doing more commentary, but I think he's going to be selective in who he goes against. But again, no harm in this one. 
big shows uh, it's going to be hard even 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 jr's hard even to say it now because he calls him big show i'm sure he did during the commentary that's what we said anyway but um yeah boy i guess a win i wouldn't surprise if they do like a celebrity match at some point because um i remember watching a, a, an interview with paul white with um chris van vliet follower of our podcast by the way he followed us that would be things really cool um but um yeah i think he said something about Shaq. Obviously, now Shaq did have a match. So, again, maybe we finally get that match with Shaq versus Paul White or Big Show. Again, the way they both look could actually be an entertaining match. So, but yeah, it's great to see him back. Great to see him ring. He looks great. Everyone everyone wins. It was short. It was sweet. It got everyone kind of uh, calmed down for a bit. Got a few after the CM Punk stuff before we get to the main event, which is, of course, the World Championship match. The AEW World Championship match with. The reigning champion, Kenny Omega, going against the Impact Wrestling World Champion, Christian Cage. Obviously, I say that with, obviously, as we know, Christian Cage won that title off Kenny Omega in the debut of AEW Rampage uh, with a bit of the distraction um, from the, the Young Bucks um, was enough to distract the ref. They, they used a chair, and obviously, he, he hit a kill switch on Kenny Omega on the chair to get the win. So, he got the Impact World title. So he goes in with a bit of momentum, knowing that he can beat him. Um, I kind of like it. But yeah, I mean, that's a beautiful thing. Kenny Man can lose, but it's like he still looks strong because it's like he loses one title, but he's still got the main one. So it's kind of cool. And obviously it means Christian Cage is now an Impact. So again, would do them wonders. So yeah, I mean, I, th- I think um, at first we're all thinking the main event would be um, Hangman Adam Page. The way they were setting it up at a point where they were going... But wouldn't surprise me because of like CM Punk and Danny Bryan all coming in. They kind of went, yeah, it's, if you do it, it's going to be overshadowed. So maybe not now. So they kind of put it on the back burner. I still think it's going to happen at full gear or we're going to have it at maybe that big uh, uh, Madison Square. I think it's Madison Square Garden or that New York show they're doing. Huge one there. That would make sense. But I would love to do it at full gear because it'd be like full circle i don't, I don't want to go on bad puns there but um yeah so obviously we've got christian cage obviously he's unbeaten at this point so he you know i think like 12 and 0 so he's looking good so he actually earned the shot in some ways but it's a match that i wasn't i have to admit, i wasn't 100 looking forward to but you knew it was going to be a good match and it was in some ways it really was a very very excellent match obviously at the first was it straight out from the gate we had kenny omega trying to go for v triggers on uh trying to go for a v trigger on christian cage but he got out of he was able to get out of the way and obviously then christian tried to hit the kill switch but then kenny omega was able to get away you know trying to go for their kind of big moves for early on uh then we got was it kenny omega hits a hunkamana on christian cage it was awesome they go to the outside we had a cool thing where christian cage tried done a crossbody on kenny omega on the outside uh, but um, through the most of the match, we got to the big point that kind of confused a lot of people, but I kind of get why he did it. So obviously, Kenny Omega got some tables, but he done it in a strange way where he kind of, he like, you know, Christian was on the floor on the outside. He brings the table up, but he doesn't set it up. He just drags it over Christian. And then he goes to the top and it's a double stomp on him, breaking the table. From reviews I've heard, they say it's not a DQ match. But, but if you watch enough in New Japan, you know that. It's kind of how they do it. The ref gives them leeway. If you don't do it in the ring, it's fine, I guess. I mean, how many matches have I seen where someone's put a table? But, I mean, if, you're not, if you don't know much about New Japan rules, then, yeah, I can see that would be a bit, well, isn't that DQ? What's the rules here? But refs are quite lenient. They took that for New Japan. But, um, yes, yeah, so obviously after that, we had a situation where 
Uh, yeah, it was a good place to start to match. Obviously, we had a bit where, uh, the funny bit when Kenny Omega tried to do that, he's famous kind of um, jump on the uh, barricade and hit his moonsault. But he tried it at first and he slipped. But I kind of like the way he just kind of, he just like shrugging it off like, yeah. And he tried and he done it, he jumped on, done it again, hit it beautifully. But I love the way normally that'd be that, that's on Botchumania. If I, if they're still allowed to do that, by the way. But that's a, that's a botch there. But he, he recovered well. It's, he's the big, the best bat machine. What do you expect? Nothing spec from the great Kenny Omega. Uh, we had, we had cool, we had cool bits at the, at some point when we had, he came back in the wing. You had Kenny Omega hitting running V triggers. I think he had one, like three at one point, like three or four snapdragon suplexes on Kenny, on Christian. At this point, even, we even had like him do the bang, hand bang signal and hit one in the middle and, you know, hit another. It just hit, basically had a situation where he just hit so many. He was going through V trigger, V trigger, Snapdragon, Snapdragon, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, then after that, we had the, the another table spot. I don't know if it's just, um, I can understand one, but two. Again, the refs, it's a bit strange. But anyway, obviously, they're both on the apron here at this point. Obviously, we had, um, was it on the apron? Obviously, we had Kenny Omega trying to do, like, the, the thing they never do, where they, you know, that German suplex off the off the apron. They couldn't do, because obviously, it probably would break their neck. <laughs> so, then it kind of twisted in the kind of, you know, you know, he tried to do a Snapdragon. Christian tried to tried to go for a kill switch off the step or the apron onto the table. Then obviously we had um, was it Kenny Omega tried to go for the one winged angel. And obviously Christian countered, but then uh, you know obviously Christian hit a spear, very like his former former his best friend Edge speared off the apron and went through that table. And my God, it looked beautiful. Obviously after that. We had it. We brought him back in the ring, and he hit. Where I think we one, two very impactful spears on the ribs. Obviously, they would hurt at this point for a two count. Then we had a bit where we had Christian go to the top, hit, uh, try to go for a frog splash. And then Kenny Mega blocked it, put the knees up in the ribs, still working on the ribs. Uh, but then KO was kind of um, back was hurt at this point, uh, where, where Christian's were kind of ribs were hurting. So a lot of you know both injured. Who's gonna whose whose pain's gonna endure? Let like what when they're gonna get to the point when. What, 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 who's going to win, basically, because of the injuries. We had a Christian go try to lock in the clover leaf on Kenny Omega. Then, as you would expect, the goons come out. Carl uh, 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 Anderson and Doc Gallows came to the ring. We had a situation Christian knocked Anderson off the apron. Then, we obviously, you got Kenny Omega trying to hit the V-trigger. Christian moves out of the way. And then uh, Kenny Omega V-trigger knees Gallows on the apron at the wing. Then, we had Christian finally hit the kill switch. One, two, no, just kicked out, just kicked out. But in a, but in a way, this is like just like literally. You know, like if you watch enough in New Japan, you know that I think there was a Kota Bushi match where I think it was against Jay White. Yeah, I think it was when he won the title in that double show spectacular beginning of the year when he just put show, but literally like inches, like like so, like just like just. That really helps to kind of um, show that it took something really special to kick out of that move. So it protects the move. Then obviously Callis comes into the ring. Christian chased him, chased him away, and obviously allows Kenny Mega to time to recover on the turnbuckle. Then obviously the the basically Kenny Mega was at the top at the top turnbuckle at this point, waiting there. Obviously Christian went up trying to hit a super super kill switch. I don't think I ever seen him do. Then obviously Kenny Mega being the dusty heel he is, gouged his eyes. Um, the, the kind of, uh, and then got Christian on top of his shoulders, hit the one winged angel from the middle turnbuckle. One, two, three, and still your AW World Champion, Kenny, my God, Omega. And yeah, I mean, a great finish. I love finishes like that where you have the, the big, for me, it reminds me of 
top of my head, it reminds me of that Dean Malenko Scott to Hottie finisher where that was kind of a similar kind of move from the second world. But it's a great, I love endings like that. But yeah, I mean, again, I think that they had this good flow going. I don't know what it was. I think it's just because they faced each other multiple times now. They know how to go. But uh, yeah, it was good. I've, great. I think it was a great main event. I mean, obviously, I think um, I would have said CM Punk would have been a main event, but I'm glad they went with this because it really was fun to watch. And obviously, um, yeah, Kenny Mangus to a champion. No one thought Christian was going to win it because he's already got his big moments. So he's already world champion. So, and I don't, as we said before, Kenny Mangus not losing that title to probably and probably until Hangman Adam Page, or if they change plans with Brian and CM Punk coming in now maybe he might change plans maybe he will but um but anyway the talk of the town was kind of the ending of this show i mean obviously after the match you expect to be you know end of the show champion holding his title end of match no we did not get that after this of the young bucks after coming down to celebrate with kenny obviously the and uh, the good brothers come out as well they're all celebrating and then you got um, then he just beat the hell out of christian cage at this point you know double team then he had jungle boy and luchasaurus and michael stunt come out but then, obviously, it just, the numbers were too much. And then, basically, at this point, um, yeah, beat the crap out of them. And then, obviously, Kenny Omega, you know, got the mic, sitting there saying, saying, and now you understand. I, I don't care I'm about being the best one, hometown heels and all that stuff. The only people that could that could beat me are uh, beat me are not here. They are retired or they're already dead. That if you know anything from being the elite, set up who was about to come out perfectly. Then all of a sudden, Adam Cole, baby, is in all elite wrestling. Yes. I got a bonus. It's a shock because obviously his contract kind of went away. went about a couple of months, weeks ago. And now he's in all elite wrestling. It's freaking awesome. Again, that music is all about the boom. Sums up Adam Cole perfectly. And it's such a cool, cool theme. It's, I love themes like that. I've listened to it since I heard it on Sunday. So, yeah, obviously a big reaction. Loved it. Obviously, the, um, we did have a little tease. Adam, Adam Cole comes to the wing, kind of confronting him, saying, do you remember me? Do you know what you did? Because obviously he got, um, it was Kenny Omega who um, kicked kicked um, Adam Cole out of the Bullet Club when obviously he was leaving to go to WWE at the time. But obviously it was all a swerve when it was all, you know, hugs, hugs his friend. He's part of the elite. He's gone all elite. And obviously he was sitting there saying, "What well, you know, super, and then he, I think he super, Cole super kicked Jungle Boy, hugging the Young Bucks, and then saying he's joined the Elite. And then all of a sudden he thought, okay, how long we got to wait until we get Daniel Bryan? And then all of a sudden, just when he thought it was, it was great to see Adam come back, just saying about this is the most strongest uh, faction in all the professional wrestling. And it's kind of true in some ways. And all that stuff. And then you just thought that was a surprise. And then boom, all of a sudden, Danny Bryan's music hits. And they've got a nice little twist of the kind of the, the his former theme but put a bit of spin on it again very wcw that's what they used to do when they want to get away from the copyrightness of the theme uh but yes obviously had whole grind going yes 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 you did see a bit where he danny Bowman was trying to hesitate not doing it because obviously he don't want to play around with trains trademarks he came to the ring helping out christian Ke- christian cage jungle boy and, Lich- and lichasaurus beating up all the all the um uh, the the elite obviously had a cool bit with Danny Bryan doing the kicks in the corner with Nick Jackson. Then we got a nice good, a nice little German suplex. Then we got the running knee for Danny Brian Danielson. Got to get used to saying that. It's actually his actually real name. His name's Brian. Um, so yeah, can't complain there. Freaking awesome. Then at the end of the match, we have all three of them standing in the ring, and yeah, and we end the show with the whole crowd chanting yes, yes, yes to end 
an outstanding pay-per-view. I mean, oh, I just, a lot of people talking about this, this pay-per-view is a game-changer. Changes things. It really does change everything in wrestling. It proves that wrestling can be good if it's written right. It shows that if you just give wrestlers time and you let people have a bit more creative freedom and give them what they want, we'll be happy. And it can and, and it can get some mainstream popularity. I honestly think like I'm interested to see what the byway of this show is. It's gotta be one of the highest I've ever done. I mean it had everything. It had that was it. The best match of the night by far has got to be the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers in that cage match. By far an amazing match. Obviously, you've got the obviously Jericho. Jericho MGF was great. I was really a big fan of that CM Punk uh, Darby Allen match. Uh, obviously, we had obviously uh, the stuff like the Mural uh, Eddie Kingston match was really good as well. Had a lot of cool stuff in this pay-per-view. And obviously, the, the returns. Obviously, we've got um, Ruby Ruby Soho was really cool. Obviously, Adam Cole, Bebe, and Danny Bryan. Yeah, it just had everything. Just when you the up the ante, just no bad matches. They're all really good. Even the Battle Royale was really fun. Um, you could be if you're going to choose a week, you could week match on the card. You would say that, but we're talking about like nitpicking at the highest order in this thing. I mean, I don't know what to give this because obviously I could easily go proper full on fanboy and go nine out of ten out of ten. But I don't know. I think nine. I think. Um, I don't know what to go for. I'm gonna. I might just go ten out of ten. They'll think like, there's nothing really I can feel. But it's really ten out of ten is very hard to really do. But it's the best, definitely, by the best AEW pay per view I've watched. And it's definitely it might be contender of the best pay per view of the year so far. Maybe of the whole year period. If they can up this in the next in full gears, their next one, then phew, I mean, it's so good. I mean, I'm probably always really excited for this. Um, but yeah, I don't know if Joshua would be. I'm assuming he would. I think I I I love this. Literally, I've been waiting for nearly three days to try and talk about this pay-per-view. It's so good. But yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's got what, what a pay-per-view should be. It should, at the end of it, it should have a thing. I want to watch the next show to find out what next. Like tonight, I'm going to watch AEW Dynamite because I want to find out what Punk's going to do next, what Danny Bryan has to say, what Adam Cole's got to say, what's going with the, with the match with um, Sonata, uh, the John Moxley match, all kinds of stuff. And obviously, we've still got... Oh, I can't even, I can't even think of all the matches. It's going to be so good. I'm flustered. So good, this pay-per-view. So, I might be fanboying here. I can't help it. I'm sorry. But, yeah. Um, so, yes, that's what I think of AW All Out. Um, hopefully, you've enjoyed. Um, hopefully, you don't mind listening to me for the end. I think, what have we got now? An hour? Fair, like nearly an hour and ten minutes. I'll probably put that down. But, hopefully, you've enjoyed. I've enjoyed talking about it. Um, I wish I would uh, talk about Josh. But, it just wasn't to be. Obviously, I just have to talk to it privately or not on podcast form but um yeah if you like if you like what we do here you can follow us on twitter at josh and steve pod obviously this would be up on there as well as um obviously we still do a prediction league and all that kind of stuff obviously not for aw but check out that stuff you want to ask us questions so we'd love to hear your thoughts on aw and just resting general I, I might start putting more questions on to try and get more engagement because i'm not the best at it so i hope you uh but yeah so check that out uh you can go on our instagram at the just do wrestling podcast i post try and post more stuff in there as well obviously check us out on your youtube obviously spotify itunes and anchor all that lovely stuff check us out please like and subscribe really appreciate it uh really help the channel grow and hopefully we can build this up to nothing crazy but you know want us to build it up to be kind of really cool so yeah but i hope you enjoy um obviously next papers you from the top of my head that I know of is probably going to be Extreme Rules. I'm assuming Josh should be back for that. So I definitely will be. So yeah, <laughs> there's no chance in hell, I don't think. Um, 
uh, Extreme Rules is going to top this show. But yeah, I feel it's great to feel it's great it's great to feel like wrestling. It's great to love wrestling again. As uh, Tony Schiavone said, "God, I love pro wrestling," and that's how I felt after this pay per view. Loved it. AW serious contenders now, and yeah. It's going to be so fascinating to watch them grow and see how far they can take this because at the moment it's freaking awesome. Cannot wait. So, yeah. So, I've been Stuart Vine. Hope you enjoyed my review of AEW All Out 2021. And I'll be back next time where we review more wrestling pay-per-views. Until then, have an awesome week and speak to you guys soon. All right. Bye.